Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and this is episode 67. And we've reached the end of our series on those without religious affiliation or those who are done with religious affiliation. We've listened to a lot of stories that have challenged us and stretched us and encouraged us. Today, we're going to be sharing our final thoughts as we wrap up this series. Let's do this! Hey everyone, thank you guys so much for joining us today on our conversation. And it has definitely been a couple months, a few months of us on this series of listening to stories of those without religious affiliation or who are finished or they're done with religious affiliation. And for us, it's been really stretching. And I think for us, it's been causing us to think in many different ways. This is going to be our wrap-up episode where we're going to just finish off this series with our final thoughts and our final reflections, especially because we've had you know a number of months of of letting this soak in and letting this kind of process as we've considered all that we've heard. And so as always, you know, we got Bernard, Xenia, and Shu here. How are you guys doing? Yo, yo. Hey. Hi. Yes. We've been on this series since January. And there's been a lot that we've heard. There's been a lot of conversations we've been a part of. And so what has this experience been like for you? in terms of going through this series. And perhaps, you know, one element I will add to it is we had been thinking about this series for a long time, for over a year, and we've been planning it out. You know, it was able to get some traction because of, you know, just adjusting to pandemic life and then finally getting it going. And so now that we've had it, has it been the experience that we thought it was going to be? Or was it something completely new? Was it something that was really surprising for us? So what has been your initial thoughts about, you know, going through this series? I think for myself, just hearing a lot of the different stories, like, well, one, I think we've only just scratched the surface, if even that. Like, of course, we're only hearing from, you know, certain people, but it just makes you think how many different variables are going on in people's lives. And I think especially... Now, I think at times versus, you know, when I was younger, I feel like things were almost simpler. You don't have to think as much or you just think there's just this uni culture or just this, just everyone is like this. Even in, in a Chinese church, let's just say in, for, for my context, it's like everyone should just, you know, they're all like this. But then the more you think of it, it's just like, no, it, it's not. Everyone's going through so many different things. Um, the people that, that I know who are done with church, they're done for for very different reasons. But, you know, it's just very interesting to still hear all the stories and and those different connections for, you know, nuns and duns. I think we just scratched the surface on some of this. And hopefully our listeners, you know, we're also learning and and hearing, uh, eavesdropping a little bit in uh, what's going on in people's stories. And maybe it helps the listener out there understand what's going on a little bit more. I think like the series is not something that has been shocking in any ways because I think like I've met many people that are done with religion, they're done with church, and some people that like you know have very little connection to anything religious or Christian in particular. I think the hope behind like what we're trying to do in this series is not 
to create a caricature of someone that is none and done. Because I think sometimes people who like this categorizing people as nuns and duns can kind of create that kind of caricature. And people become like statistics and like the number of people growing in that. But I think like really the hope of what we have been doing, and I and I hope that people get it, get it, and as as our listener here, like hearing the stories, it's it's not like we're trying to form like this picture of someone who left the church. But it's really like, no, there are people who have experiences, people who have questions and struggles and, and, and just, you know, disillusionment. And, and there are real people behind the stories that, you know, like when we, when we hear the stats of like, yeah, the fastest growing, you know, like religious affiliations are nuns and duns. Well, yeah, like that statistic is actually backed with so many stories and like Shu said, they're and they're all different. Yeah. And so it's not like it's not like we are we are trying to create like a, a, a mission ode, like you know, like this 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 manual, right? Like, um, but really I think like I think what, what has been so incredible is like I think the hope of this time is to learn to listen. Like what does that mean to really nurture our sense of listening? To listening not not as a way to win arguments, but listening to listen, to hear, to enter into the stories. And I think like that's that's kind of been my reflection on the nuns and duns. Yeah, like Burn, I was not super surprised by any of these stories. And I think that I'm just astounded at the gift that we've been given, that these people have trusted us with their stories and how profound that is. And so, like what Bernard is saying, you know, like, let's actually not create this caricature. But on the other hand, I, I was just reminded of how much I love this group of people. Like, if we had to talk about, like, them as a group of people, I love these people. I love the questions that they're asking, the stories that they tell. I was just reminded of that as we were listening through the stories, because I'm excited by what God is doing. Because as I'm hearing these stories, I'm absolutely sad, 100% of all the ways in which the church has not lived out to who she should be. But on the other hand, I'm listening to those stories and hearing, oh, there's God at work there. There's, there's still a kernel that's being fostered there. Like God is still doing something in that soil. That's probably my big takeaway out of hearing these stories over the last couple of months. Yeah, and that hopefully that's not the end of their story. Yeah, I totally resonate with you guys. I feel like for me, my experience of listening to these stories, it has actually broke the caricature. We had talked about, you know, like Bernard Zinia was talking about it before, but it was almost breaking a stereotype. It was breaking down myths and breaking down a sense of the other, you know, especially in, in the context of how churches has related to people's different experiences with faith and with churches as well. And I feel like it has, in part, reclaimed a, a bit of the personhood and humanity of just listening to others, of connecting with others. For me, I think that's where it's been stretching the most. I completely agree with Xenia. It's been a complete honor to hear stories and to be able to be entrusted with sharing these stories through our podcast. I think in going through the series, too, for me, it's stretched me in, into considering how people are on their own specific journey as well. And 
I hope this is not blasphemous to say, but how in some ways, some of them, some of the stories we heard that they may have been much closer to Christ than perhaps some people we know in the church these days. And the longings, the hopes, the dreams, even the negative experiences, that there was something that was being worked out. And I, I really was honored to have heard these stories. You just need a mic drop right there, man. That was just <laughs> <laughs> such, a, such a great statement. <laughs> like this series for, for me personally, uh, even though it wasn't particularly surprising because, you know, like many articles and books have been written about specifically why people move from religious affiliation to no religious affiliation or have been done with it. But I think, you know, this this really broke it past statistics and and a specific type of description to being like, no, these are people, right? Yeah, like I do hope that just even people, you know, listening to some of these stories, just give them some push to even go talk to to people, to find out other people's stories too. So it's not just, you know, oh, it's great that I have some resource of it now and I can have some ammo for, for later, but it's like, now it's to, to actually like to hear what people are going through, to contextually go through it with them, to to be p- still part of that discipleship process, even if they're not necessarily wanting to be. It's almost okay. I'm going to use that pre-discipleship term <laughs> right by by a certain author, but you know, like it's almost like you know if they've had that experience with God and they are still on that journey, but it's just you know maybe they're not on the way that you know we typically have expected them. To be on, but they are still on the journey, and you know we can walk with with different people, even if they're not within the direct fellowship of our church. But that's what's part of the missional, you know, edge that we're supposed to be a part of. The church is supposed to be a part of too, to not just be, you know, in our four wall buildings or gatherings inward, but also what does it look like to engage outward and to, you know, be part of that. I think Bernard was saying that Tove community you know, in the world. I will have to say one of the things that I've heard the most in terms of feedback from this series has been that people have just been genuinely sad. And I know, Xenia, you've said that a number of times in in some of the reflections that we've had, that it has produced this sadness in listening to these stories. However, I I want to think about, like, what does that sadness lead us towards? And how does it shape us? Hopefully, it's not just back towards just trying to get people into the church. Right? I think that's perhaps something that we've, well, we've talked about that a number of different times. And that's what Andrew Root was talking about, the secular two issue. But I think it's just like, oh man, this series too, I think has pushed us beyond some boundaries. So I, I want to hear from you guys what you guys think. I was on a call the other day and it was about privilege. It was about guilt. And the speaker said something along the lines of like, real movement real reconciliation has never happened out of guilt. Whoa. Right? Wait a second. We need to hear more about that. (laughs) But I was thinking about that, right? Like that our sadness, that our guilt, our shame, like those are things that so easily entangle us. But what actually needs to happen is that when we feel those emotions, those things actually should turn us back to God. We actually need to be repenting. I think about the ways in which repentance is about turning back to God, right? And so we lament where we have 
not been right with God and with others. But then we also say, okay, well then if we're turning back to God, we're putting on these lenses that say like, how does God see the world? How does God see my neighbor? How does God see me? Right. And so when I'm thinking about like the sadness that's induced in me, I'm thinking, oh, I don't want people necessarily in the pew. I don't have a pew in my church. I don't want numbers of people at my church. I want people to experience the real and living God. I want people to experience the love and grace of God. I want people to know that they are beloved. And most of all, I want to be able to see them as the image of God and what they can actually teach me about who God is. But the other thing too that I want to say out of this understanding of mission question is that I hope this invites us to curiosity. So I'm a very curious person by nature. My mother will tell you that, always getting into trouble. It has served me well in my research and as a journalist. But the thing that I love about being curious is that it opens up the imagination because there's always something new that says, okay, well, like, what is God doing in the world? What am I missing? Am I missing out on something? What's in front of me? Am I seeing this right? Uh, What are other people doing around me? And so, like, that invitation to curiosity, like, I want us to have, be able to to ask God for sanctified imagination. To be able to say, God, would you inspire us to follow you more faithfully and more, more rightly so that other people can get to know who you are? And I think, like, that's, like, Senia, what you're saying in listening to the many stories i think it's it's almost to help us introspectively look at how we have defined mission and like what do we think the outcome of mission is and and even like you know like is this what god has invited us to right and i think like i've been reading a little bit on john swinton a theologian from scotland what he's been writing about, like he has a book called uh, on dementia that really challenged me to think like what he describes as the practice of redescription, like how do we allow scripture and everything and, and, and just kind of help us kind of unpack like the things that have shaped our understanding. And I think like, you know, when we hear stories um, that we've gone through in the series, I think this is an invitation for us to to redescribe and re-understand, reshape, whatever, whatever reword we want to use. Like, what is what is mission? Like, what is the purpose behind it? Right? Like, and and to even scrape away, you know, like if there's been like colonial understanding of like mission, like have we are we able to kind of unpack that, you know, and and with a renewed imagination, look at well, what does that what does that look like? And, you know, we used a lot of embodiment language throughout the latter part of the series. Like, what does that, what does that mean? And how is that practiced? And like, can that, can that really be mission? Um, Like, I think it can, but you know, that, that does require some paradigm shifts. Yeah. Just jumping off of what Bernard's saying, I find in, in, in my context, sometimes as a church you try to force people into doing mission or making connections in a certain way. And almost like this is the only way. 
that we can do it or that we're, we're going to do it now. But then I really do think just thinking through all these, you know, the stories and the, the this, this nuns and duns here, especially, you know, I, I don't even think, I think we even had still have a hard time with the, with the nun side. I think that's coming, coming more and more uh, to the forefront. People who don't have, you know, maybe even connections to Christendom and, and ha- have those connections on that end. But I, I do think it's just that are, are we going to keep plowing through with only this kind of imagination or is it at the same time also going, okay, some of this stuff is maybe need to be, you know, we need to go back to prayer and discernment, you know, what God is, you know, doing here. And then even with the, our, our current mix of people, what has God called us to do together? And even in the area, you know, one, one thing I, I've learned in my studies is just like, to do something simple as, you know, an ethnographic study, which is not simple. But at the same time, I don't think a lot of pastors do that because they're we're, we're honestly too busy just taking care of the inside crowd at our church at times. It's just like, and then I hear a lot of the inside crowd going, you're not, you're not feeding us enough or you're not, you know, giving us enough this or that. And I'm like, well, if I'm not going to also show you what it looks like to go on mission, then, you know, we kind of screwed up here. You know, it can't just be about the, the inner inner people but but then yeah so so what, what i'm trying to get at is I, I think thinking through this series too is just like just making me reflect are we just forcing connections or, or forcing people into our church territory or are we engaged where the where the world's at where other people are at and are we willing to meet on those kind of different spaces that the church is not used to and I don't think everyone is going to be able to do that, but I think for the sake of mission, that's always what what the church is called to. That's that's what you see a lot by the apostles, and you see a lot. They, they're going like I think Zena's saying, curiosity, breaking new ground, you know, getting getting out there. And I think that's just part of the witness. And also, what I've learned is I'm just going to point people to Xenia. So the people who are, are curious, I am going to continue pointing people. Yes, please go talk to the professor. Please, please. One of the things that I'm thinking about right now as you guys are sharing is that, and maybe this is just kind of a response. I'm kind of thinking about like how might someone respond in listening to a story these days? What are some of the traditional ways or perhaps some of the ways in which we have, you know, always practiced in in the past? We did kind of earlier on talk about like, oh, bring people to the church. But even for us, as wanting to be a witness and wanting to understand and be attentive to what God is doing in the world, how he is restoring, renewing all things, and how we work through that, how we discern that, and how we understand that, that's raising a lot of questions for me right now. Because I'm wondering if sometimes our, our normal practice is to retreat and to fortify before going out again, rather than, you know, we talked about this in an earlier episode, embracing the uncomfortableness and perhaps even being willing to see is God revealing himself through the story of an atheist or someone who's done with the church? Is God speaking to us and is he really showing up in that way? And so I think for me, I'm perhaps seeing a bit of a, a stretching or a shifting and and how that's kind of blowing my mind a bit. Sometimes I think we, we were too wrapped up in traditions or practices that maybe have limited us in terms of 
understanding mission and perhaps blinded us to see who God is and how he is showing up in our lives through the stories of others. Just kind of piggybacking on that, John, and I think also what she was saying, how like we get all wrapped up in, you know, the church work, the stuff of the in, inside of the church, right? And I wonder, like, for this series, like, we actually carved out time and we created space for people to, you know, you need, you need like, what, half an hour, 45 minutes to listen to an episode. But I wonder if, like, we have so little margins in our lives. Like, do we have spaces that people can actually speak into? Like, do, you, do we even have those little margins that if God is speaking, like you said, John, like, you know, an atheist friend or like someone who has left the church, like, and it's not like just a, oh, like, how's it going? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing well. But it's like actually having the story, like, and not just their story. And maybe part of it is our story, be able to tell our story with our friends, right? Like, and if we don't have the margin and the space to do that, like, like, hey, like, we won't be informed by the stories around us. And be like I, I think you know when we even talk about the word mission, like, well, like we can't, we can't engage with our story either because we're so busy doing stuff, right? We're just so busy trying to figure out mission in some ways, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I just wonder if going through this series has painted a bigger picture of what the mission of God is. Yeah, and I think like as we're thinking about missions, I think it's important for us in the church to not view people projects it's like you know like we have this thing that we're dispensing and you know we want to get that check mark and instead of seeing that we want to see people as people and that everyone has a unique story and to understand you know the the highs and the lows the the pain the joys and and i think like even in in many of the stories that we have listened to like there's like a deep sense of longing, right? Like we touched on like this idea of cross pressure and like this longing for hope. This is something that, that people are still oriented towards, right? And I think like those are, I think, some of the invitations. And I, I, I believe every single one of the stories is different. The questions that people are wrestling with is different. So like as we see people as people, I, I really do believe that we see the Imago Dei there. You see the image of God and how God has wired and crafted people uniquely in his image, differently than us, than differently from other people. There's something beautiful about it. Um, if we are if we have the the humility to approach others in that way. And I think like, you know, that that is hopefully part of the posture of our understanding of mission. As you were sharing there, Bernard, and how you talked about the check marks, I was like, oh man. How often have we seen mission or participation on mission as something that is about ourselves rather than about other people? <laughs> like Christ himself gave himself up for others. And yet sometimes perhaps we can easily fall into the trap of thinking that, oh, yeah, I am reaching out or I am participating on mission because I am a good follower of Christ. Not to say that it should not be a part of our discipleship journey as a Christ follower. That can't be the impetus. That can't be like the the reason for being, right? It's like, you know, we're not doing it for ourselves, right? And so I think that's when you were mentioning about the check mark thing, I was like, man, that's 
that that's exactly where my mind went. <laughs> and so kind of as we wrap up this conversation for us today, we've been talking about mission as we've been on this nuns and duns series. What has it specifically meant for a Canadian Asian context? Have we seen listening to these stories specifically point out or identify or reveal certain things? Every person we interviewed was someone who had partial Asian background and were also Canadians as well. So has this in any way informed us or revealed anything about the context in which we are all serving in and have been connected with in some way? Yeah, maybe I'll be the first to share this, is that when we've been just talking about people not as projects, I think where my thought process went to is, especially in an institutional organization, where it can easily become very programmatic or it needs to be ordered in a certain way, I wonder if it is increasingly more and more difficult from a specific paradigm or a specific way of being the church, that there is that tension, there is that kind of pushback from our traditions that makes it harder for us to engage with others and to walk alongside others. I think for myself, specifically through, I guess, this kind of Canadian-Asian lens, from what I noticed in my context, I don't think a lot of people are living out missionally, <laughs> joining God in that mission. Part of it is has to do with, you know, our own baggage, you know, the structure, the institution, the church denomination or whatnot, evangelicalism maybe, that that we're, we're a part of, that's just kind of, it's just propping up a certain way of doing church, of being church. And that's where that's at. But then I find that if we're truly serious about engaging those without a church background, what I find ends up happening in a Canadian Asian context is we're just doing the revolving door of Christians going through different churches. That's what I, I feel has been happening more. Transference? Yeah. Transferring members, people just going to things that they like or don't like. And I don't think that's what we should be doing. But it, it's not about let's try to change this whole system so that we'll finally be faithful or something like that. I don't even know if that's possible in some of our settings. But I feel like if we're serious about kind of engaging uh, nuns and duns, and maybe if that's where God's, you know, leading you, leading, leading uh, or giving you that space to do it, will you go with a few people and just go do it? You know, regardless if you're in a certain institution, regardless if you're in a certain tradition or not, will you be faithful to that? And honestly, that's what I've, I'm trying to do. <laughs> I, I think one thing we didn't really get to talk about is like, we'll talk about like how, you know, we can all work together or sometimes churches are stuck just doing their own thing. I think on a, and I always try to think on the practical end, just where can I start? I could just start with a few people that God's called me to be with, but not to just let them, you know, be okay, just, you know, doing the same old, but how do we grow? And I think Xenia was saying that, that sanctified imagination together. How do we disciple one another to be faithful in that way? And just starts with a few people. And I really do think to, to do that, you, you need, you know, small group people to be able to do that to really engage this upcoming nuns group or who are already here, you know, especially because you'll be helping them try to understand or, or journeying with them to understand. And, and maybe they'll help you understand too who God is. Well, that's a great final thought to end on. That's going to be it for our series. Thanks so much for joining us over these last few months. There's been so many stories to listen to, so much to consider, especially as we consider how God is drawing us 
all together and to be part of what he's doing in the world. What do you thought about this series, especially as you're listening to stories of those who do not have any religious affiliation or who are done with religious affiliation? Let us know what you think. You can get in touch with us through Facebook, Instagram, email, and by Twitter, our email is contact.campodcast. That's contact.campodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. How are you continuing to reflect? What are some of the stories that particularly resonated with you? And if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe and share our podcast to others. That helps us to bring this conversation out there and to be able to hear from more different perspectives. We're going to be back next time with some brand new episodes and we can't wait to share them with you. And until then, you've been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast. And on behalf of Shu, Bernard, and Xenia, we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time.